Welcome to Talent Revolution Radio, the Brooks Group's podcast dedicated to helping you hire, develop, and retain top talent using the Trimetrics Assessment. I'm Drea Douglas, Director of Talent Management Consulting. And I am Tony Smith, Regional Vice President of Sales. Today is Episode 3 in a six-part series walking through each dimension of the Personal Skills Assessment, also known as the Hartman, after Robert Hartman, who created the instrument. Last time, we talked about the practical thinking dimension. Tony walked us through how different score and bias combinations in that dimension play out in real life, especially in sales reps and in leaders. Today, we're going to talk about the systems judgment dimension. We're going to talk about how high and low scores with positive and negative biases play out in real life. And you'll notice that we're leaving out discussion around the neutral bias. This is because neutral means open and flexible, regardless of score. So Tony, the systems judgment dimension, this is the strategic dimension. Oftentimes I'll, I'll describe it as, you know, you can think of practical thinking as the tree and systems judgment as the forest. But I'm curious to hear from you, you know, elaborate a little bit for us on what this dimension measures. Yeah, so the systems judgment dimension is really the dimension that is measuring what could be considered the systemic side of thinking in an individual. So what we're really looking at here is someone's ability to understand systems, policies, processes, and procedures, the systems of the world. In a higher level big picture view is the ability to see the big picture and how the pieces of the puzzle go together, the strategic thinking dimension. Right, so um, bigger picture, longer term, uh, theoretical thinking, things like that. So what does somebody with a high score and a positive bias or an up arrow in this dimension, what does that look like? How does that play out? So a high score with an upward arrow uh, oftentimes indicates someone who has a clear understanding of systems, structure, policies, and procedures, uh, and they understand it so clearly, they're always thinking in terms of, do we have the right system in place? Is it working? Is it is it finely tuned? Is it helping us achieve the things that we need to achieve? What processes need to be in place? When there are processes in, in place, let's make sure that we are on board with those processes. And because they have an upward arrow or positive bias, they believe that once a system or process is in place, everybody should follow it. They also have the ability, because their clarity is so high, that if the system or process or something of that nature is not in place, the ability to analyze and determine what does need to be in place and implement something so more systemic structure is in place um, relative to uh, helping an organization run smoothly or specific departments, et cetera. And so if you think in terms of a high score with an upward arrow or positive bias, this is an individual that sees things so clearly, they have the ability to take a step back, be more strategic, think, <clears throat> think long-term, and also think in terms of where things may not be working smoothly as it relates to the overall system structure mm -hmm. or process. Mm -hmm. So spotting efficiencies and inefficiencies in those systems, um, and then being opinionated about the way things ought to be done. So these people, I found, tend to want to have their voice heard or, or their opinions to be expressed, and they see it clearly, so they tend to have good ideas about that. 
But I will share with you, Dre, one of the challenges with this type of combination, high mm-hmm. score with an upward arrow, is that they also have the tendency that once something is in place, that's the way we do it. Mm-hmm. We don't need to deviate from it, and so we just keep doing it that way. And so when perhaps there might be a better way of doing something, mm-hmm. they don't think like that. That, that requires somebody else with a different uh, combination and systems judgment who can challenge, in some cases, the status quo. Mm. And again, there's other parts that we're not talking about here as it relates to the overall assessment, but this is just the tendencies that come out of the systems judgment uh, relative to their attitude. Now, we often find, when you think in terms of high systems judgment, high score here with an upward arrow, we find individuals who fall into these types of positions, engineers, uh, accountants, finance folks. These are the type of people that tend to have that type of score because that's what they're having to use on a daily basis in order to be successful. We also find that top leaders in an organization, um, executives, et cetera, tend to also have a high score with an upward arrow here as well Mm. uh, because that's what they're being charged to do, again, on a daily basis, to see that big picture and have long-term strategic plans in place. Mm -hmm. All right. How about a high score and a negative bias? A high score with a negative bias is not uncommon among many professional salespeople. (laughs) So what that means is that they see it clearly, they understand it, they understand the need to have systems, processes, and procedures in place, and for the most part, they will follow those systems, processes, and procedures. But the downward arrow indicates that they are always thinking more outside the box from the standpoint of sometimes we may need to work around the systems, policies, processes, and procedures, or get outside the box and be a bit more creative. And the reason we see this with a lot of sales professionals is by the very nature of their job, they're constantly having to be a little bit more creative when they're facing uh, competitors out there in the marketplace. It's becoming uh, more competitive uh, relative to who they're selling to. And in some cases, even their own products and solutions are being seen as more of a commodity as buyers tend to uh, want to commoditize a lot of the things that they're buying. And so, therefore, they're having to step outside the box to differentiate themselves mm-hmm. and show real value and be more creative. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, is somebody with this type of pattern, they're always thinking in terms of, why are we doing it that way? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a better way to do it. I want to know the real reason why that process is in place and understand the why, not just tell me that's it and you have to do it. Right. Yes. I have, I have personally experienced this working closely with somebody I remember you know, they pushed back against policies a lot. So they would, they weren't, the the thing was that they weren't afraid to ask, you know, why should, you know, is it, can we do it this way? Is it possible for us to do X, Y, or Z? And uh, quite frankly, it can be, it can feel a little rude or um, confrontational, depending on the behavior style, of course. But, um, but uh, I did find that it, it helped to open open well the organization's eyes or my eyes to oh well maybe we could do it this way maybe we are kind of relaxing and uh, taking it too easy and maybe we should think about different ways of doing it so they tend to be a bit, a bit of a challenger so and that's that's why i mentioned a lot of sales professionals especially top performers they tend to have a lot of times that sort of pattern high system judgment 
but downward arrow because they're having to challenge the status quo out there. In some cases, they have to do that in order to get a customer to change Mm -hmm. and see a different way of doing things for them to be successful. And I'll mention this to you, Drea, because as we're looking at the systems judgment dimension, this is one of those dimensions where a combination of high scores, various biases, upward arrows, downward arrows, and even lower scores together on a team really help an organization grow and thrive because it creates a situation where you get different perspectives from different people. Hmm. If you had an organization where everybody had a high score, upward arrow, and everybody followed all the processes and procedures and never challenged them, what would happen is most of the times that organization will be left behind because they no longer innovate and they get left behind by competitors who are more creative and innovative in nature. So you have to be thinking in terms of this balance is this is something where you need a variety across a team because that makes the team run better. Interesting. I hadn't thought about it like that. That's a, that's a really good point. Well, let's talk about low scores. How about a low score and a positive bias in systems judgment? So <clears throat> a low score with a positive bias is indication of someone who doesn't really have a clear understanding of systems, policies, and procedures. So maybe they're not that strategic. Maybe they're more focused on people or a task, and they don't really see the big picture or the long-term strategies or even have an understanding of how systems and structures uh, are designed and put in place. But And so they just don't see it clearly. But what they are telling us with the upward arrow of the positive bias is that if you clearly let them know the system, process, or procedure, they're going to follow it and also expect others to follow it as well. Mm -hmm. But they're not necessarily the person that thinks uh, from that perspective. Mm -hmm. Here's the challenge potentially with a sales professional or sales leader that has that type of combination, a lower score, lower clarity with an upward arrow. And that is oftentimes they're not strategic in the way that they approach their territory, their region, or their team. They may be overly focused on just activity, activity, but it's not the right activity that drives the right result. And so they sometimes can become uh, transactional in nature. They're not strategic. They're not bringing as much value to really what we would call high-level business thinking as it relates to territories or even regions. And so that can be a challenge for them, even though they will follow the processes, the structures, and the procedures that are in place. Sure. And I've seen this play out, too, in in managers or leaders who there's a lot of change going on inside their organization. So things become less clear all of a sudden. For example, a merger acquisition takes place and the rug essentially gets pulled out from under these people. And the overall larger mission of the organization, the direction that everybody's trying to head in and the, the ultimate goals that they're trying to achieve together become very unclear. And so they, as a result, also start to lack clarity. And it, make, it can make it difficult for them to make those more strategic decisions for their territories, their teams, and their people. So that is that's something that you're mentioning there, Drea, that, that everyone should keep in mind as they listen to this podcast is that, again, this part of the assessment is very sensitive to what's going on in a person's life when they complete the assessment. Mm-hmm. So in this is one of those dimensions that can be affected by external changes in the environment. As as you said, a merger and acquisition, a lack of clarity or vision, uncertainty, 
a lack of understanding of what direction are we going in. Uh, all of those things could lead to lower scores, and it's more temporary because it's just a, it's a reflection of the conditions they're in at that point in time versus their long-term view. Um, and so we do have to keep that in mind when we're looking specifically at, at candidates for hiring or selection is what is their current environment and is there something external that may be driving a lower clarity because of what they're going through at this moment in time. Right, and then it's really crucial, especially in this dimension, because all, all three of the external dimensions understanding others, practical thinking, and systems judgment are in some way related to using common sense. But I think systems judgment, what I've seen, is that it, it may be the most linked to using common sense. So if you have somebody that you're considering for hire, you really have to drill down in the interview process if you see a lower score in systems judgment to see how that plays out in somebody and find out, you know, ask questions around, okay, what do you like and what don't you like about where you're currently employed or where your most previous employer what did you like about the people that you worked with? And, you know, are there, do you have ideas about how they could have done things better that you didn't get to see implemented? Or did you feel like your voice was able to be heard? Things like that can help you clarify whether it's more of a temporary issue or a permanent condition. And that's really, really important to get clear about before you hire somebody. Because if it's a permanent condition, about six weeks after you hire that person, this is going to start playing out, especially in a leader where you need that, especially in a leader in a position that needs to think more strategically. So, um, you know, those are just a couple of things I've, uh, I typically recommend to organizations who yeah, they see this play, they, they see the score combination in their candidates. All right. How about we look at finally the low and negative score here? Yeah, so this is a unique one from the standpoint that it could be indicating a couple different things. So let's just start with the clarity. Again, low clarity is right now the individual is just not clearly seeing systems, policies, processes, and procedures, the systemic way of thinking. They're not seeing that very clearly. The downward arrow indicates that because I have a negative bias towards this dimension, the way that plays out is I'm always questioning why are we doing things a certain way. I want to know the why behind the, behind the system or the policy or the procedure. And in some cases, I may be looking at systems, policies, and procedures as these are definitely gray areas that sometimes it's better to ask for forgiveness instead mm -hmm. of permission. Mm -hmm. So it, this is really one of those areas that you have to look at a bit deeper if an individual is scoring uh, in this particular area because here's what happens. There's a couple ways this plays out. You may have somebody that simply looks at all rules, policies, and procedures and ignores them. Mm -hmm. They don't understand them, and their bias is such is that I don't like to follow rules, policies, and procedures. I don't like to follow a strict, rigid-type environment. They're more creative in their approach. They tend to be very... Uh, unique from the standpoint that their perspective tends to be different than most other people. Now, the other area that we see this play out, a lot of times it is not uncommon for entrepreneurial CEOs to have this type of score. Mm. Low systems judgment, downward arrow. So what do we mean? How does that play out in an entrepreneurial CEO? Because they're having to go out there and fight every day, make it happen, drive towards their vision, they may have a strategic vision that's theirs, but they don't know how to always convey that 
to everybody else from a systemic way of helping other people see how they fit into that particular vision. Mm -hmm. But they're creative. They're thinking outside the box. They're looking to disrupt an industry, Mm -hmm. which is what's often required for an entrepreneurial CEO if they're going to come in and grow and and thrive, especially if they're coming into an established industry. And so this, this lends itself well to that person being able to disrupt an industry and then all of a sudden grow a company or a business. Um, but over time, they have to surround themselves with people who have clear systems, judgment, clear thinking in this area, because otherwise chaos will exude through the organization. And so as they go from being truly entrepreneurial to growing a company, they have to surround themselves with people that can help put in systems, processes, and procedures. So again, this is why I say this one is very unique because we've seen uh, entrepreneurial CEOs with that type of pattern and it serves them well. We've seen sales professionals with this type of pattern and that may serve them well, but they're causing all sorts of chaos Mm -hmm. because they're breaking rules and policies and it's creating issues inside of operations, inside of fulfillment, et cetera. Um, But then the other caution area here is some people with this score with a downward arrow, they just simply are the renegade. They're not gonna follow any rules, structure, or procedure. They wanna do it their way, and they're not gonna listen to anybody else. And so that's where it's a real challenge. This is an area that can be coached, but it's one of those areas that you really have to think in terms of what's this person bringing to the table and how well are they gonna fit into the culture and the position that you're hiring them for that they're currently in. Right. Yeah. I like to think of these folks as the rogue agent. You know, they don't, they sometimes can be very, they don't, they oftentimes, I should say, don't make great employees, quite frankly. And entrepreneurial CEOs typically find that out pretty fast. Those are the people who tend to get fired a lot <laughs> from their jobs because they do have that uncommon sense. You know, we talked about using common sense. These folks tend to use uncommon sense. And in a way, that can, that can really help them to, like you said, Tony, disrupt a market, disrupt an industry. Um, but when it comes to being an employee in a well-established uh, organization that's trying really hard to make their routines repeatable and their procedures followable by a larger group of people, this person can really, uh, cre- like you said, create a lot of chaos. And so they can be very difficult to manage. They've also been referred to, I've heard them, you know, mavericks, cowboys, things like that. It can also be reflected, like we talked about earlier, uh, of um, dissatisfaction or uh, disenfranchisement with the organization. So imagine that same person who has a positive bias who, you know, they're going through a merger and acquisition, they have the low score because of it. The person with the low score and the negative bias because of a merger acquisition feels disenfranchised by it. So they feel like they've been maybe cast out, bait and switched, they don't like the changes that are coming, um, or they're fearful of them. Things like that uh, can be true as well. So, so Andrea, there's one other thing I'd like to mention here around uh, the world of selling in a, in, inside a sales organization. It is not uncommon, as we've already talked about the practical thinking and the understanding other dimensions in other podcasts, but it's not uncommon that for many professional salespeople, this dimension will be lower than the other two dimensions. Mm. And Mm -hmm. we are constantly out there being asked when we work with clients today, 
bringing in training and development that helps their people be more strategic. Because again, we're looking at the strategic side of thinking. And there's parts of this dimension that by putting more focus in this area, by providing training and development, whether it's around say strategic account management, territory planning, regional planning, whatever it may be, you can actually affect and increase the clarity in this area. The reason the clarity is lower is because that's not what they're focusing on on a daily basis. They're being asked to go out there and meet a lot of people, have conversations, close business, have a lot of activity, get results, and so they don't always take a step back and think strategically. And one of the things that we recommend a lot of sales leaders and even sales professionals is just put some time in your calendar and block it off either on a monthly basis or uh, the appropriate cadence that works for them where that's all they do. They take a step back and they look at the big picture of the business and look at the strategies that need to be in place. And again, it doesn't mean that they can't do it. It's just by the very nature of what they're doing on a daily basis, they don't put a lot of focus in this area. Mm -hmm. And so this is where training, development, and coaching can, can make a big difference. Great point. Absolutely. All right. Well, that brings us to a wrap for the systems judgment dimension. Hopefully you've gained some very uh, – some good insight and recommendations for how to coach or things to be aware of if you see different score combinations in this dimension. If you'd like to learn more about the assessment, we'd be happy to walk you through a sample and talk through how they may be able to support your talent initiatives. Feel free to email me at ddouglas, with two S's, at thebrooksgroup.com or to visit our website at brooksgroup.com. Thanks a lot and join us next time when we talk about the sense of self dimension.